Hey, everybody, this is Joe Chavaria, and you are listening to the Credit Agents Podcast. If you've gotten value out of these episodes, please, please, please rate this podcast and share with other people you think it'll help. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Joe Credit Show. In this video, I'm going to cover something important for employers something important you need to do before you obtain a credit report on an employee or a potential employee. Uh, but before I do dive in, uh, I want to remind everybody to subscribe to my channel if you'd like to get more information on credit-related tips. Um, as well, let me know what you think about this video towards the end by liking it or disliking it, whatever you want to do. It's a free country. And if you have any questions, go ahead and drop them in the comments section below. Um, all right, so also I put this video together um, because of an article that I read in the National Law Review um, regarding a class action lawsuit against an employer. Um, and before I get into this, my little disclaimer, I am not a licensed attorney. This is not legal advice. This video is not meant for legal advice. If you are an employer or just an individual looking for legal advice, legal counsel, um, you should seek the advice of an attorney in your area for the circuit. Uh, that clarifies a requirement under Article 3. So we'll talk about that, or for Article 3, rather. Um, so in a class action lawsuit uh, involving an allegation that an employer failed to give the standalone disclosure that is required under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, the FCRA, uh, before obtaining a consumer report. So that is basically the, the gist of the trouble you can get into as an employer if you are, are checking credit on an employee or an employee or, or, or just an individual is that if, if you if you do not provide a standalone document and, and a clear document regarding disclosure you can really be facing and open yourself up to, to litigation so under section 604 of the fair credit reporting act it requires that a consumer report may be obtained on a consumer for employment purposes uh, the employer must, however, provide the consumer with clear and conspicuous disclosures. So um, I had to look up what that meant because I hadn't heard that word in, in a while. And so uh, conspicuous um, means to stand out so as to be clearly visible, right? So that's where that's where that standalone document terminology comes from or what, what conspicuous means. And that's pretty much the requirement under the, the Fair Credit Report Act, sorry about the, the, the sunlight kind of comes in and out of my office. Um, so the, the, before you obtain a consumer report, the disclosure that you give has to be clear, number one, and number two, it needs to be stand alone, like it needs to stand out, it needs to be separate, okay? So in the case involving, which this is a separate case, this is a case involving Ruiz versus Shamrock Foods Company, uh, the plaintiffs alleged that their employer violated the Fair Credit Reporting Act by including extraneous information in the disclosure that they received. So in this case, they received the disclosure. It was conspicuous. It was standalone. However, the content within the disclosure was extraneous, meaning it had extra information. It made it confusing. So remember the, the, remember the law under the Fair Credit Reporting Act has to be clear and it has to be standalone-ish, right? That's, that's the way the law reads. And so in this case, it was not fully clear. Um, and so in, in, in another particular case that we're gonna talk about, um, which is the, the class action lawsuits um, that, that I read today, 
they were leaning more toward leaning more on the case regarding um, Saeed, which is a Ninth Circuit decision as well. It's Saeed versus M-I-L-L-C. Not sure what, what that is. Um, but in Saeed, in this case, the plaintiffs argued that the extraneous information rendered the form confusing and plaintiffs were therefore concretely injured for purposes of establishing Article Three standing. So this is where the Article Three standing uh, comes from. So in this case, in the Saeed uh, lawsuit, uh, the, the standalone document was provided, but the, but the information within it was extraneous, had extraneous information, which made the, the, the disclosure, made the document confusing. Um, however, the, the, the court under the Ninth Circuit um, mentioned that in order for Article Three to stand, the applicants must demonstrate that because of the alleged FCRA violation, that they have been deprived of their ability of meaningful authorized uh, authorized credit check. Okay, so that's what in, in this in this suit, the plaintiffs have to demonstrate that in order for Article Three to stand, is that they have been deprived of their ability to meaningful meaningfully authorize a credit check. Okay, so in in the Said case, the Ninth Circuit found that the plaintiff had adequately alleged that they have been so deprived. So in the document in the Said case, the so again it was standalone, which check marked there, but it wasn't clear, right? It had extra information. So in the Said case, uh, the Ninth Circuit found that the plaintiff had adequately alleged that they have been so deprived, and so because he had produced evidence that allowed the court to enter infer that he would have not signed the authorization had he been provided only the disclosures and nothing else as the FCRA requires. So what that means is the individual received the document, it had the language um, or may have not had the language or it did have the language, but it had extra information on there that made it confusing. So in that case, he signed you know, and gave authorization to, to, you know, to the credit check, right? And if, in, in the case of Saeed, if Saeed had only provided the, the disclosures as they're meant, right, in their original format, that the plaintiff would have not signed off on the disclosure, would have not consented to a credit pool. So that's really the difference there, is that if the language is confusing or it, it, it takes the, the, the original disclosures that, that are meant um, under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, if it takes that out of context, context if, it, if it changes it, the meaning, something changes in there that would allow a consumer to kind of go under an unprotected mode, I guess, or, or uh, you know, an un, how you put this, um, unknowledgeable process, right? Under what, what, what are the ramifications under a credit pool? What are the rights under, uh, you know, under the FCRA? If there's extra information added to it that makes the the original um, content diluted, then that's where the case begins, right? Because in that case, um, the plaintiff argued that I would have not signed the disclosures if this was what the disclosures were meant to be. These are the original disclosures. This is what Saeed provided, which was all this other additional information that made it sound different. And uh, so that's what I read and I signed it. But if I read what it really is supposed to read, then I would have not signed it, right? So that's the argument and uh, the judge of the court actually agreed on that. Um, so in the, Re the Ruiz case, the Re Ruiz versus uh, Shamrock companies, uh, on the other hand, the plaintiffs had uh, offered no evidence. So they're, they're going for the Article 3 as well, trying, trying to piggyback on that Said case. 
Um, so they, but in this case, in the Ruiz case, they offered no evidence either that they were confused by the disclosure or that they would have not signed it had the disclosure complied with the FCRA. So they didn't provide any evidence uh, on that, that they were, again, that they were, um, that they uh, were deprived, right? They had no evidence to show any depravity there. So according to the Ninth Circuit, um, they found that the plaintiffs did not have Article Three standing. So um, what this all means to you as an employer? I know there's a lot of uh, legal mumbo jumbo uh, in there, a lot of verbiage uh, around that, but uh, what does this mean as you're, if you're an employer? The big thing you need to do as an employer is make sure you're giving your employees um, or potential employees, if you're interviewing, clear and standalone disclosures, okay? Don't modify any of the verbiage in the disclosure. Don't add anything to it. It's kind of like Bible, right? Like if, once you start adding to it or you start taking things out or really anything in, in life, you know, anything that you're reading, anything that, that you, you, you hear, anything you add to it, anything you take away from it, it takes away from the root content of what it's meant to be. Um, and it makes it confusing. And in, in this case, when you're dealing with the law, it, it puts you in a position where you're open to litigation, could be a violation of the Fair Credit Reporting Act. So don't add anything, don't take anything away from, from the disclosures on the FCRA. Um, in fact, I would recommend that before you start doing credit checks um, for employment purposes, before you do that, have an attorney, um, an FCRA attorney review that document um, have a business attorney review it as well. I don't know if you're thinking about adding something to it or tweaking a little bit, which I don't recommend, but if you're like, you have to, have to, have to do it, have an FCRA attorney review it and have a business attorney review it as well and make sure that it is correct within, within the law. Um, and if you don't have an FCRA attorney, you don't have a business attorney, uh, if you process payroll through uh, some of those uh, major companies like ADP or, or Paychex, uh, reach out to them directly regarding this. They'll have some guidance um, on this. They can help you. You know, they have an 800 number. I'm sure they can kind of, you know, again, probably not give you too much legal advice, but they can kind of guide you or point you in the right direction how to go um, about this. And, you know, the sad thing is many employers uh, make the mistake of not giving the standalone disclosures before they run credit. Um, or some of them have these, these modified uh, disclosures that, again, they flirt with an FCRA violation. So, so don't do that. Remember the case, remember the law under the FCRA section 604 as it reads. Um, the standalone document, well, the, the disclosures must be standalone, conspicuous, right? And it has to be uh, clear, okay? Clear and conspicuous. It needs to stand out, needs to be clear. If, if the document you're providing is unclear, there's a potential violation. If the, do, if the document you're giving is not, not separate, it's not standalone, then there's a possible violation. So remember, clear and standalone. Give that to an employee or potential employee before you obtain a credit report. Again, before you do that, and, uh, and then you should, you should be good to go, right? Um, again, talk to an FCRA attorney, talk to a business attorney to confirm that out. Uh, but that's what, according to the way the law reads, that's what you, you need to do. Um, so that's my time. I hope you enjoyed uh, this video. I hope it was helpful. Let me know what you think in the comments section below. Um, and again, don't forget to subscribe. I'm Joe Chavaria. I'll see you in the next video. Take care, guys. Hey, guys, just want to say thank you so much for listening to the Credit Agents Podcast. If you received any value of any of these episodes, please, 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 por favor, rate this podcast and share it with other people you'll think it'll benefit. Again, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cup of Joe. I'll see you on the next one, guys.